Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Wow, here we are. It is time, man. We are we are right here. You know, I I feel like uh spiritually, you know, as we enter the season, and again, that's the beauty of the biblical calendar. It's right there in the Bible. It's for a purpose. I feel like we're we're like entering, you know, how in the Kentucky Derby, you know, how they'll bring in the horses, right? And they'll bring in the horses to the starting gate and they, they bring them in kind of slow and then they get them in and then they lock the little doors behind them, click, click, you know, and they, they, they're locked in and they're getting ready. I feel like we're all just kind of like, okay, we're getting into the, we're getting ready, we're getting ready, we're getting ready. It's about to start, you know, it's about to, the, it's about to begin, you know, and then boom, you know, when those doors open in front and the horses just take off, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, I, that's, that's High Holy Days, that's High Holy Days. I hope you're sensing the moving of the Ruach. Because that's what it's for. It's not to check a box that I've been to High Holy Days. That is for sure. Mm. So, so <clears throat> today's message further is intended to prepare our hearts for what's to come uh, in the next few weeks. And it's just going to be a beautiful season from Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, to the, uh, the Days of Awe, Yom, Yomim Noraim, to the Yom Kippur, to Sukkot, to the eight days of Sukkot, Shemini Yitzaret, Simchat Torah. Whew, yeah, I'm excited, doll. It's some good stuff. I got to tell you, I remember, I'm going to tell you, I have a, something, I don't know if you want to call it a confession. It's a true story. Uh, I remember when I, uh, what I told my kids growing up. I have uh, kids, as you guys know, and I remember what I told them when they were growing up, I told them a very consistent message. I just have to be completely transparent with you and tell you, here's the truth. Here is one of the things that I told my kids. I told them, I will help you. Your mother and I will help you go to any, any college in the world that you want to go to. Except one. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what I told my kids uh, growing up, and and they all know knew it very well. I mean, they they would they would have told you that this was not something I mentioned once. It's something that I was very consistent with uh, in their upbringing. Because why? Because as a Georgia Tech grad, I had to draw the line when it came to the school in Athens, I just had to do it. I just had to draw the line there. You know, what can I say? You know, I, I, you all know I'm in Georgia. I know that I've, I'm outnumbered even in the, my own congregation. I know that, okay. Still, nonetheless, that was very clear. And, and my son chose to go to Georgia Tech. Yay! 
yay, 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 great, great, great. Okay, good, some yay, some booze, whatever. Okay, very good. So I, I you know, very excited, right? Okay, uh, and but in her senior year of high school, my daughter was deciding what schools to apply to. What schools should I apply to? And I was working with her, and Rebbitson and I were working with her. What schools do you, do you want to apply to, honey? Whatever you know, what do you what are you looking to do? And I, it's a very long and and pretty great story, honestly. But after a lot of discussion with her, she landed specifically on a, a major that she wanted to pursue. She, so, so we kind of thought, well, let's, instead of just looking at schools, let's figure out what you might want to do. And okay, and so we found a major that she was interested in, a college major. And so, uh, okay, and we, we, we came up with, she came up with it really. And, and, and uh, after we talked about it, she, it resonated with her. And all the major, although the major was very unusual, it's a very unusual major. Uh, I was quite happy about the choice, felt like the, the, I felt like the major that she wanted to major in was indeed the Lord's will for her. I really just resonated with me. And I'm like, yeah, that feels like, I know it's a very, very unusual major, but that really feels like it would be really good for you. And, I, and so then I told her to go research what universities had that specific and unusual major and were at least somewhat reputable. And any schools that were in the state of Georgia would be a big bonus, although it was not a necessity. Well, uh, very long story short, uh, <laughs> it had turned out it was a school in Athens. <laughs> and although, uh, wow, although everything in my flesh <laughs> did not want for her to go there, uh, even more, I wanted for her to follow God's path for her life. Uh, so I resistantly uh, had to submit my desires to what God had for her. I had to submit my desires for what God had for her. It wasn't easy. <laughs> And, uh, and honestly, I can, I can hear, I can actually hear, uh, in my mind, Morris Fry of blessed memory laughing out loud from heaven. Okay. <laughs> Morris, Morris, one of our, Morris and Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, watches online very faithfully. She's surely watching this service and, uh, Morris, uh, and Charlotte always sat right there, right, right there. And, uh, and every time I would, I would make a little reference to the school in Athens and I'd kind of just give it a little, just a little jab, he'd come up to me after the service and he would grab my elbow. He was an incredibly strong man, like, like uh, unnaturally strong. I mean, he was, he was not a young man. He was in his, he was playing his mid seventies and he would grab my arm at the elbow when I was talking to my, suddenly it'd be like, and, and I don't know. It, I don't, he knew some kind of karate or something. I don't know. He grabbed my elbow and I'd be talking to be like, ha, 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 ha. And it'd say to me, Rabbi, why do you have to make those jokes? I'll never forget he used to do that. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Morris. I'm sorry. 
And so, and so he would always just, you know, kind of give me grief about that and say, he'd come in and say, oh, what was the score last week, Rabbi? Yeah, thanks, Morris. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> but he's gone on to heaven now, but I know he's just absolutely like cracking up so hard. He cannot even stand it. He's actually like, he's going to be waiting for me at the pearly gates, I believe. <laughs> And he's going to say, yeah, Rabbi, where'd your daughter go to college, huh? <laughs> I know he's going to do it. I know it. I know what you're going to do. Well, okay, so I submitted my desires and will uh, to what the Lord had for her. And I, I will say this, based on how things have turned out, I admit it, it it actually looks like God was right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go figure. I don't... <laughs> James chapter 4, please. Okay, here we are, my friends. This is the last Shabbat of 5783. It's the last Shabbat of the, the calendar here, the Jewish calendar. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Teruah is next Shabbat. We are nearing the end of the month of Elul. Our hearts should be ready by now because we've been building to this. It has been building, hopefully in your spirits, it's been building to this on the biblical calendar. Our hearts should be about ready by now, but if our hearts are ready then we should now be in a condition that fully recognizes God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. We've been talking about this. The messages the last few weeks have really been more of a series that I've been building up, building up, looking forward, forward to Yom Teruah, to Rosh Hashanah, to Yom Kippur, etc. And it's in this mode of where our hearts should be as we prepare for these special holy days where our attention is drawn, like I said last week, to things above, not things here on this earth. In that mode, I want to talk today about something that is really not easy for us. It is really not easy for almost any of us. As we are about to enter into these holy days, I want to share today about submitting to God, submitting to God. Not simple. James chapter four, verse six. People focus, people quote this scripture a lot, but not the part that I'm going to focus on. James chapter four, the book of Yaakov, Jacob, chapter four, verse six says, but he being God, but God gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, or resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm. Somebody say amen. That's good. That is good stuff. That is uh, something that we all need, beloved. Uh, believers all the time say, resist the devil and he will flee. You hear it all the time. Sometimes believers will quote this, this scripture verse and, and it is correct and accurate and it is true. 
but what they will frequently quote is simply resist the devil and he will flee from you. So when you're undergoing temptation, you got to resist. You got to have active resistance. If you resist him, he will flee from you. And that's true. It is true. It is true. But you have to submit to God. It, that's what it says. Therefore, submit to God, but resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's one concept here. So it's not just simply about resisting the devil. It's also about submitting to God. Therefore, submit to God. And that is very much connected to the previous verse, which talks about humbling yourself before your God. Did you notice that those verses all, they kind of build on each other. You really can't just take that and, and just pick it out just right there. It says specifically, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, so it's connected. It's a connected principle, which was related to my message last week or the week before. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's all connected. But it makes sense that humbling yourself is key before you can submit to God. And then, therefore, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It, it, it makes sense if you intellectually will think about this because when you submit, if you are genuinely going to be submitting your will to God, you naturally and necessarily are humbling yourself before him. There's no way to truly submit yourself and your will to God unless you have humbled yourself before God. So you have to humble yourself, but that's why the scripture makes a lot of sense. Humble yourself before your God, submit to him, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's all connected. Because here's the truth. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. The flesh does not want to submit. It is, it is an anathema for the flesh to want to submit. The flesh has no desire to do so. Romans chapter 8, please. The book of Romans, Bavakashah. Please, chapter 8. Oh, man, y'all, it's just the truth. The flesh, our old nature, the old man, sometimes referred to in, in Scripture, that which, is, that which was within us that, you know, we had our water immersion the other day, and that old fleshly nature is said to, be, is said to die with Yeshua, in, in the water, so to speak, sort of like his burial, and then you rise up. But what happens is that fleshly nature tries to come back. It tries to rear its ugly head within your life, even though as a believer you have authority over that flesh, but you have to choose to crucify that flesh on a what? Daily basis. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says this, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Ruach, the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Ruach. For the mindset of the flesh 
is death. But the mindset of the Ruach is life and shalom, peace. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not submit itself to the law of God, for it cannot. So those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Woo, man, that is so deep. Do you see how that relates so much to James chapter four? It's like, it's like Romans chapter eight and James chapter four are just like absolutely two sides of the, of the same apple. Absolutely amazing. There's a clear pattern here that we are seeing. What the mindset, the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God. Why? Why is the mindset of the flesh so hostile to God? It tells us in the book of James, because the flesh does not submit itself to the law of God. There is, an, there is a, uh, a resistance to our flesh to submitting, to submitting to the Lord. And if you do not submit yourself to God, the devil will not flee. Just as, as an example, as a practical example, to just, just to give you an idea of how this works and how this makes sense and this principle, how it can be applied to your life. The flesh sees with lustful eyes. And if you live according to the flesh, you will set your mind toward that which pleases the flesh. But in doing so, you are not humbling yourself and submitting yourself to God and his commandments. So the devil does not flee and you continue to give in to temptation. That's the practical lesson here that we need to internalize and understand about the flesh versus the spirit nature within us and how at core it's about submitting. Oftentimes, and this is especially hard for us, by us, I, who do I mean? I mean every one of us. Those of you watching on YouTube, those of you listening to the podcast, Oftentimes, this comes from a mindset that is biased by our modern society. Let me, let me, expl let me explain what I'm talking about. Because as I was thinking about this, you know, and as I was focusing on the, the principles and the concepts in here in Scripture, it struck me. It was like a whoa of, of how more now than almost any time in the history of the world, and more in America than probably any country in the world today, how this principle is hard for us by nature. We have to understand a couple things, and I'm going to tell you why. We have to understand a couple things. Here's something too important that's important. The kingdom of God is not a democracy. <laughs> it is 
a monarchy. It is a monarchy. But we in the Western world are less apt to understand the sovereignty of a monarch because, in part, our very country was founded on rebelling against a monarchy. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? It's pretty interesting. Wow. I mean, our very country was founded on rebelling against a monarchy. And listen, I'm not saying that was wrong, but we are taught you might even say that we're programmed in America to be independent. Don't tread on me. And listen, for a human political system, I'm all for the system of government we have here in America. I'm not talking about our earthly government. The earthly government, listen, it's a, we're in a republic here and we, we vote and stuff and we don't have a king of the United States. I think that's a good thing. Okay, remember, you know, Israel messed up because it wanted a king. When God said, hey, I'm your king. And Israel's like, no, 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 we want to be like that. So, so listen, this is not a commentary about the United States itself or about our political form of government. I think, gosh, you know, the Lord has blessed us. We have a wonderful form of government. In God we trust, I, I get all that, that. It's not about that. It's about the fact that we are not conditioned to submit to a monarch. That just should just make some sense to you. In fact, anything that kind of is akin to that um, grates at us as Americans. Anytime something... And I'm talking about, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. <laughs> I, I don't think it's, I, I don't get into politics. You guys know that here at Bethel <laughs> But it's, but both sides accuse the other of, of, of like trying to almost form a monarchy. Okay, and so, but the point is, is that we're conditioned to resist and almost rebel against that kind of a monarchy. But yet this is the spiritual world and system that we ought live in, that, we, that, that is the reality. Psalm chapter 95, please. We're not used to a, a monarch and a monarchy. Let, let me say this. In the time of the Bible, in biblical times, it, 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 there's no question about it. You would know intuitively when you are in the presence of a monarch, you do this. You kneel. See, this is antithetical to kind of our nature as modern Americans to kneel. But that's what you do in the presence of a monarch, especially in the days that the scripture was written. What does it say in Psalm 95, verse six? It says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel 
before Adonai, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock of his hand. Ooh. See, what does the psalmist hear? You see, <laughs> y'all, I, I told you, we're, we're, we're getting ready here. These are the high holy days. It's time to kind of, it reminds me of the scripture. You know, when I was a, a child, I, I, I had childish things, but when I became a man, when I was grown, I put away the child. It's time to kind of grow up spiritually and to dig into some of the meat of scripture and to really think about what it means in order for, for us to have true relationship with God and for him to bless us. What does the psalmist here teach us? He teaches us that, that if not physically, when we worship, our mindset should be to bow down before God, to kneel before Adonai, our maker. Friends, when the king, capital K, when the king comes, you kneel. You bow down. You bow down to the king. Why? Because he is your leader. You submit yourself to him. See, kneeling is, is a type of submitting. Kneeling is submitting. You know this. What happened? Why did Mordecai get in trouble with Ahasuerus? Because he didn't kneel before Haman. Okay, thank you. I was seeing if you were, we're about as far away from Purim as you can get in the calendar. I think we're exactly half a year away, right? You did good. It took you a second, though. It took you a second. I got to tell you, my cantor, Bruce, was my first booer, and uh, I appreciate that. He's, he's leading the booing. <laughs> so I understand. You were a little late, but you got, you got it going, so that's good. Okay, right. Okay, so Mordecai got in trouble because he didn't kneel. He didn't do what the sovereign had ordered. In this case, King Ahasuerus had given that order. You see, and Yeshua, even personally, models this for us. Luke chapter 22, please. Luke 22. So interesting. Wow. Boy, James, it's so interesting that, that Yeshua himself models this for us. In Luke chapter 22, he's the Messiah. This was a very, very moving and meaningful moment when Yeshua was there at the Garden of Gethsemane. It's a special place. I'm going to be leading a group to Israel next May. If you're interested, start saving your shekels now. Luke chapter 22, verse 39, And Yeshua came out and went as usual to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, pray that you will not enter into temptation. And he pulled back about a stone's throw from them, got on his knees. And began to pray. Saying, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. <laughs> wow. There's so many parts of that that relate to this whole point of submitting to God and his will. So many parts to that one little section where Yeshua models this for us. Yeshua is God, yes. 
but he was also a man. So he submitted his will to the Father. And modeling this for us, he got down on his knees and said, not my will, but yours be done. It's the ultimate submitting of one's will. Because what was the next step for him? It was going to the execution stake. <laughs> wow. Not a lot of amens. I understand. I understand. Nobody's going to be like, yes, the execution stake. Amen. No, no, no. I understand. Nobody, nobody's going to do that. I get that. Why? It's an intense message, man. It's an intense point for us to consider. Oh, but we need to think about this, friends. It's Elul. Yom Teruah is next week. Let's get real about this stuff and not just play synagogue. We're not one of those congregations. We're not one of those congregations that only has people come twice a year. And if that's you, you have to be willing to submit yourself to the Lord. It's interesting because philosophically, on the surface, just if you go surface deep, submitting yourself to God doesn't seem so hard. Why? Because, oh, if you think about it, level one of the, of the thought chain here is that, well, yes, I, of course I'd want to submit myself to God. Why? Because I know that he has my best interest in heart, at heart. And so because God has my best interest at heart, yes, I know I should want to submit to him because he's got what's best for me. Okay, sure, absolutely, no question. That, that's, that's right. That's true. And yes, if we do submit ourselves to God, we will thrive if we submit to him. And sometimes if we submit ourselves to him, things will go fantastically even better than we could have ever imagined. Praise God when that happens. I love it. It is very, very possible that things go even more swimmingly than we could have ever dreamed of. No question. But there's the big picture here, my friends. And truly, if you think about it, submitting is typically only an issue when submitting means we either don't agree or really don't want to do something. Those are going to be the, the only two times when submitting is, is an issue, is a challenge. Either when we don't agree, I don't agree, so I won't submit. I don't agree. I don't want to submit. Or if, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to submit. I'm not going to submit. I don't want to submit. I don't want to do that, or I don't agree. Those are kind of the two. Otherwise, submitting is, you know, see, friends, it's, it wouldn't be hard otherwise. If God called me, if God called me to eat more ice cream, I'd happily submit. <laughs> I'm telling you straight up, man. If I heard a message from the Lord and he spoke to me audibly, he said, Kevin, eat more ice cream. Oh, yes, Lord, your will be done. <laughs> May it be so according to your will. Oh, thank you, Lord. I submit myself to you. I wasn't going to have all that ice cream, but now that you've said that, I will. <laughs> 
Come on. But, but there's, there's a lot of truth to what I'm saying. So here's what this submitting looks like. Some examples. I'd really rather have more money. So maybe I'll stretch the truth on my tax returns. <laughs> and besides that, I don't even think that our tax system is fair. Everybody else seems to cheat on it anyway. Will you submit? Or no? Well, the house of worship down the street has lots of great programming that I would like. But you were called here. Will you submit? Or no? I don't agree with what my parents decided about this. They are wrong. Will you submit? Or no? I'm local, but I don't feel like coming to services each Shabbat. It's hard to, it's, <laughs> it's hard to kneel if you're rarely in the presence of the king. And it might be personal to you what God wants for you to do. For example, I don't want to sit at that person's table. Hmm? I want to retire now, not in two years. I want to go on vacation where I want to go on vacation, not where you or you want to go on vacation. I don't want to talk to that person about God right now as it's very inconvenient. See, the examples are endless. Are you interested in submitting your will to the Lord or no? It's, it's a very simple equation. Acts chapter 7. And beyond this, here's the... <laughs> oh, boy. I remember... <laughs> I'm going to tell you real quick. Uh, yeah, I've... I think just enough time. Okay, I remember when I was teaching a YMJA class at Messiah Conference years ago. This was to the teenagers. And, uh, and it was a late night class. It was like a 10, 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock p.m. class. It was at night. And, and I just knew that I wanted to, this was maybe 15 years ago, I just knew that I wanted to shake things up a little bit with these teenagers and kind of get them a little bit off their game and do something unexpected as you would guess, you know me, right? And, uh, and so I thought, wow, it's at night. You know what I'm going to do is I, I want to call these young people to uh, radical faith and strength of, of uh, following God, passion. And so I'm going to read them stories from uh, this particular book. Most of you probably never heard of the book. Uh, it's called Fox's Book of Martyrs, Okay. And so what it is, is it's, it's a book that talks about people who were martyred for standing up for their faith. And like story after story after story. And this was, this was at night at like 10 to 11. And what was interesting also, though, is that at 11 o'clock, 
what, what followed my class for these teenagers is that they had uh, a game time with a couple of rabbis. So there were a couple of other rabbis come in for, a, for fun games. And so I'm reading these intense stories of people who gave their lives for standing up for God, just intense, right? And, and the, the, the couple of my colleagues, a couple of the rabbis come in, ready to have some fun with the teenagers. And they're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And, and, and they, they did, for a few years, they didn't let me live it down. Wow, boy, man, this guy's Fox's Book of Martyrs with the teenagers. We're just trying to have some fun here. And I, yeah, that's right. Okay, so, now, so now, now comes an intense part, as if the rest wasn't. Now comes an intense part of the message, because beyond this, friends, contrary to many TV preachers, Oftentimes, oftentimes submitting to the will of God involves things that are really, really hard. What did submitting to God look like for one of Yeshua's most fervent followers? Well, we can pick up the story after this follower of Yeshua is brought before the Sanhedrin and he testifies all about Yeshua and strongly tells the people to repent and they don't take it well. How badly do they take it? Verse 54 of Acts 7, 54. When they heard these things, they became enraged and began gnashing their teeth at him. But Stephen, the disciple full of the Ruach HaKodesh, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Yeshua standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and crying out with a loud voice, they rushed at him with one impulse, driving him out of the city. They began stoning him. And the witnesses laid down their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul, who Rabbi Shaul, Paul. Then they went on stoning Stephen as he was calling out, Lord Yeshua, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold the sin against them after this. He said this, he died. Hmm. Y'all, thankfully, most of us will not be asked to do this, but this is total submission to God too. It makes the other things that God asks for us to do seem small, doesn't it? really does. Let's conclude with Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. Friends, we need to understand the principle of our king. The principle of our king. Mm. <laughs> he is our king. He is our sovereign. Philippians chapter 2 verse 8, it says this. He, being Yeshua, humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Yeshua, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue profess that Yeshua, the Messiah, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Beloved, at Yeshua's name, every knee should bow. That is the ultimate 
submission. If we choose, if we choose to humble ourselves and submit to our king, then it says in James chapter four that God will give us peace. He will give you grace. <laughs> See, I have to recognize that the creator of the universe knows better what school my children should go to than me. <laughs> and he gives me the grace to make it through. <laughs> the title of my message is Submit. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Lord. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you've never committed your life to God, but you would like to today, if that's you, lift up your hand and we'll pray together. Is there anyone who's never said yes to Messiah, but you want to today? Just raise your hand and we'll pray. Is there anyone? <laughs> Is there anyone? Maybe you're watching online or listening via podcast. If that's you and you've never turned your life over to God, submit to the Lord. In the end, it's always better. We're going to see Stephen in heaven. If that's you and you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart, then say the simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, standing at your right hand, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'll live the rest of my days for you. Thank you, God, for this in Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. Or if you're in the room here, please see me after the service. We want to celebrate with you. And for the rest of us, I want to pray for each and every one of us that we will learn to, that we will learn and be willing because, you know, submitting is a choice that we have. Yes, God can teach us the importance of submitting, but at the end of the day, it's our choice whether we submit to him and submit our wills to him. It's a very deep principle, y'all. This is not Believer 101. Lord, help each and every one of us, God. Again, the two times... When submitting is hard, Lord, either when we don't agree or we don't want to do something, help us learn, God, to submit to you. Lord, knowing that in the end, it's always going to be better. And it will lead to our thriving, Lord, even if it doesn't seem so in the flesh, in the physical. We know in the end, it's better if we submit ourselves to you and to do your work and to do what you desire. Lord, I thank you so much for this, God. I give you praise, glory, and honor, Lord, for helping us as we prepare our hearts for the holiday season, Lord, to just say, God, whatever you want to do. Yeah, you know, I got to do it. I, I was going to close the service, but I wanted, I felt when I was over there, when they did that song, I felt we're just going to do just a little bit of that song again. And I, I thought, you know what? No, I'm going to skip it. But I didn't know what song that would come back up with, but that's the song. And I know the reason I, I, I like for you to play a little bit of the song is because of the, the verse that the, ex exactly, exactly. Just, just, to, just to do maybe the, 
the verse. Let's all stand for just a moment. We're just going to take just like three minutes, y'all, just, just, to, just to do the verse and, and then the chorus, because the verse uh, really illustrated my message and talked about how God's ways are higher than our ways, and we got to give Him everything in our lives. That's what submitting is, is it's giving Him everything in our lives. And so maybe just the verse and a couple choruses or something, you guys can figure out exactly what, but let's just try to turn our lives over to God right now. For your ways are higher than mine. Yes. And your thoughts are higher than mine. I surrender at your feet, oh, I deny. I will give you everything in my life for your ways. Oh, your ways are higher than mine. Yes, they are. And your thoughts are higher than mine. So I surrender at your feet. God, yes, we want to give you everything in our lives, God, everything. And that is surrender, that is submitting to you. I thank you, Lord, for this. Help us, teach us, grow us, Lord. And uh, not our will, but yours be done. Thank you, God. What a great message and a great way that you t teach us to enter into these, uh, this holiday season. I thank you for these things, Lord, in Yeshua's name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord, and God is good. Amen. And uh, during the end of the message here, my daughter sent me a picture of a bulldog going like this. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehel family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot -E -L -L -E -L O-R-G. Or call 
770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.